What's going on, good people? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 24. Want to talk to him about what we're going to discuss today. Oh, yes, please join us for an enlightening conversation about gratitude, belief, and hope. Yes, Lord. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Serendipity with Inky Johnson across all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Be sure to share, like, comment, and subscribe. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace. What's going on, good people? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast Season 2, Episode 24. Kobe Bean, Brian. Yes, sir. I'm Ink. I'm Oak. What's happening? What's popping, man? How you doing? Oh, man, you know what it is. I can't pull a pine for barking down. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. I'm all right. I'm all right. How about yourself, Doc? Man, I'm all good. I'm all good, man. Um, You know, before we get into it today, um, I just want to say, you know, on behalf of me and my big dog, I think he'll mind me speaking for him, man. We greatly appreciate the support. We spent time prior to recording just talking about the interactions that we get from people that listen to the pod, man. And so wanted to extend that gratitude. Yes, sir. You know, we yes, greatly sir. appreciate it. It's pretty cool, huh? Man. It's uh it was it was kind of unbelievable at first. Now yeah. it's kind of all making sense. And what I mean by making sense, like um how it benefits me. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, in our conversation, how you have expressed how this situation, this podcast, whatever, has benefited you mm-hmm. and how it you know, the the feedback we're getting, how it's benefiting and enhancing others. So uh, it's just making sense. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's not tied in ego. It's not tied in some type of attention or whatnot. It's like, okay, it's kind of what we're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. You know, we, we ask the universe to be uh, impactful and, and for our, our love, our consideration, our energy to go out and help people. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the format in which it's happening. So... It's, it's making sense now. Definitely. Definitely. Gotcha. I'm going to start us off with one, man. A uh, quote card brought to you by the Sugar Boo and Company. It says, gratitude in advance is the most powerful and creative force in the universe. Gratitude in advance is the most powerful and creative force in the universe. Oh, man. I, I My initial thought goes to, you know, from a, from a religious standpoint, my personal religious belief in terms of faith being the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Absolutely. Right? So you, you're you hoping for these things. You you understand these things to, are going to come to pass when there's no evidence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's that's gratitude in advance. Yeah. Right? I'm saying thank you for whatever happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm not tied to whatever happens. I'm tied to um, being thankful for what what is going to transpire. Absolutely. Right? Because it works for, it's all, all of it's going to work for the good. Mm. It's going to work for the good of you. going to work for the good of those surrounding you. It's going to work for the good of your desi- the desires of your heart, meaning your family, your community, whatever it is that um, you're in a, you are expire, uh, aspiring to be. Yeah. Right? And whatever it is that um, you want to happen, how it happens, when it happens, we're not concerned with that, mm-hmm. right? We're concerned with the fact that it is going to happen. It's going to happen. That's gratitude in advance. Yes, sir. You know, that's 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 powerful because now it's almost like um, you're not manip- trying to manipulate the universe. Yeah. Be- it is Manipulation is when 
I'm doing something, I'm saying something, I'm acting in such a way to to get a desired outcome. Mm -hmm. Meaning I will do whatever it takes mm -hmm. to get this desired outcome. So I'm in kind of in control of all of it. When in reality, we know the universe, God, that omnipotent force is in control of it all. Absolutely. Right. And so um, gratitude in advance is basically just being having an open heart, having an open mind and not being manipulative. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. It's like the first time I told a cat to have gratitude in advance, cats say, um, how can I be grateful for something that hasn't happened yet? And I was like, that's the whole basis and premise of what we're trying to get to, right? But I think of a couple of things when I think about gratitude. I think about totality mm -hmm. and I think about process, mm -hmm. right? Because like we both know things are going to happen. Things are going to go our way. Things are not going to go our way. And more times than not, as a person, it's very easy and simplistic to be grateful for things that go our way. Right. No problem with it, right? easy. We get the money. We get the food on the table. We get what we want, get a roof over our head. It's very easy to be grateful when things play in our favor. Oh, I know you're getting about to get in yeah, your yeah. flow. No, no. Do you think? Uh, when when things happen that we want it to happen, when we mm -hmm. get the desired outcome, right? are we really being grateful? Right. Because it's not really pressing gratitude. Right. Right. Like, I, I don't... I'm. I'm I'm leaning towards, I don't know if that's gratitude to, mm -hmm. because gratitude is not necessarily saying thank you. Right. Right. We're, I think when you get what you want and your response being thank you, we associate that with gratitude. I don't, I don't think we're saying mm -hmm. that that's gratitude. I think yeah. we're talking about gratitude as a principle. Principle. Yeah. Absolutely. A principle is not tied to any type of outcome. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I am going to, pressed to be a good person for being a good person's sake. Right. Not, I'm going to be a good person because I know this is going to get me to heaven. Mm -hmm. yeah. Somewhere in my spirit, I, I, it just gets disturbed when, well, I'm not going to do this because the Bible told me, or the Bible said, or somebody yeah. said this, that, and the other. So you're doing it like you're manip yeah. trying to manipulate the process. Absolutely. It's manipulation. That to yeah. me, that's pure manipulation. Yeah. And so the thing that you you want, mm -hmm. the thing that you desire, you have the power to create it. Yeah. Not the not necessarily the power to to manipulate a situation to get your desired outcome. That's good. Right? That's because good. if it's your desired outcome, it's still gonna be limited. Yeah. The gratitude is in whatever God has for me, whatever the universe has for me, is Always bigger, always better, always larger than any figment of my imagination or even the totality of my imagination. Mm -hmm. I'm picking it up. Right? So gratitude is, is, is not necessarily a means or a thing that we do in order to, or because something has happened. Mm -hmm. No, it is it is a way of life. Gratitude is a principle. Yeah. It's, um, I remember the first time I read James chapter 1. And it said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kind, mm -hmm. because the mm -hmm. testing of your faith goes on to produce perseverance and perseverance must finish this race so that you may be complete and lacking nothing. It broke it down and told you why you needed to be grateful and thankful for the opposition, the adversity, the mm -hmm. trial and the tribulation. Right. 
because it produces a level of perseverance, right? Now, when you think gratitude, oftentimes we're grateful. Like you said, things go our way. Yeah, cool, right? But the true press of gratitude to me is King's quote. Judge the true character and caliber of a person, not by where they stand in times of comfort and convenience. Judge the true character and caliber of a person by where they stand in times of trial and opposition, challenge, mm-hmm. controversy, mm-hmm. right? Can you be grateful when it doesn't come to you in the form of what you expected? Yes. Growth comes in many forms, right. right? Just in the form of what you didn't expect, can you still be grateful for it? Mm-hmm. Because you can still get or become the person that you're aspiring to become even when it doesn't come to you in the form of what you expected. Growth happens in many forms, right? Blessings happen in many forms through many people, right? It happens in many forms. Can we be grateful when it doesn't come in the form of which we expect, right? That's the true press of gratitude to me. Every single day being grateful if my happiness shows up in a different form of which I expected. Yes. Being grateful if my joy shows up in a different form from which I expected. Mm-hmm. Being grateful if my peace shows up in a different form from which I expected. My wife hit me up. We went to uh, one of Jada's first lacrosse games, right? And we laughing our yeah. eyes out at little Jada, right? Jada ain't never played lacrosse a day in her life. Just out there having a ball. She over there. She, daddy, bring my eye black. Mommy, bring my eye black. I'm talking about she suited and booted, ready. Yeah. Ultimate teammate, right? <laughs> We laughing our eyes out. She playing the game. You know, she do a thing. They win the game. And we get back home that night. We getting the kids ready. And my wife shot me a text. And she was like, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed today. Like, today was really fun. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for that. Right? Now, to me, I'm like, we just up there cutting the food, laughing at the little game. Right? Yeah. But to my wife, like, that moment was special for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I was grateful for that because it was joy and happiness that showed up in a form of which I didn't expect, mm-hmm. right? And so being grateful when things show up in a form of which we don't expect. Um, I got a, I got a question. Oh, I had a thought as we, as we were talking about great gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you were told that you can do all of the things from a religious standpoint, be the best person, you can have gratitude, you can love everybody, you can, all of those, you know, you can follow the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. That doesn't guarantee you heaven, right. but you still be committed to it. Mm. Mm. I would personally, because right. of, one, the person that it has the potential to turn me into. Yes. Right. Like, I always look at things. When I look at a goal, a dream, an aspiration, a process, whatever it is that I think can make me better, I always look at it through the lens of, all right, if I go on this journey, this pursuit, this quest, what is it going to turn me into? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I got offered recently um, a PhD program, right? Somebody told me, hey, man, we get you up here, get you in a PhD program for sports psychology, great, this is some of the requirements, this, that, and the third. First thought, I'm like, man, I would love to do that, right? Yeah. And then I had to be like, all right, pause, let me take a little time, get back home, talk it over, because I need to see what are the requirements going to turn me into. Mm-hmm. Two kids that are very busy, got a wife, I got my schedule. Yeah. Like, what will it turn me into? And so I think, personally, I would still go after him, 
because of the process and what I think the Ten Commandments and some of these things can turn me into, the potential of what it can turn me into. And I think if I was more so focused on following them because I feel like it could get me into heaven, I think it contradicts the process and the purpose of what I'm trying to do. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that that kind of gets to the rat killing of the matter of us being our best self. Right. Am I being my best self for what is going to uh, what is going to yield me mm-hmm. outside of myself, or am I being my best self because it's going to yield me an internal fulfillment? That is part of what, from my standpoint, and what I I like to teach, um, or or I like to speak about, whatever is that's your you creating the heaven. Yeah, you creating your heaven, creating. right? Yeah, not necessarily a place that you get to. It's a it's it's what you create within yourself that you you we were given the power to create the things that that we ultimately desire, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not necessarily we are given the power to create the things that human earthly experience, societal experiences teaches us are that we should aspire to. Because again, you know how many, I mean, of course you know, how many like people who uh, don't have to worry about a light bill, don't have to worry about anything, who who can tomorrow go, get up and go on a vacation. Right. And how miserable they are. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. and you know how many people who are, are struggling with paying their light bill mm-hmm. and how miserable they are. Yeah. So misery, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, supersedes and, and and is interwoven into whatever and wherever you are in your social economical status in life. Right, right. Just like you know, how many people who can go on a vacation tomorrow and got joy uncontrollable, no doubt. And do you know how many people who don't know how they're gonna pay their bill tomorrow have joy yeah. uncontrollable? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So those things are internally created, yeah. not necessarily externally found. I love it, man. I love it because I I often think and reflect back to the line, and I mentioned it once before, but I think it was brilliant by Kanye when he mentioned it. And he said, you ride by a homeless man in the Maybach and you ask the question, who's more free? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you see a cat ride by a homeless man in the Maybach and you ask the question, who's more free? Like, man, that's strong, man. Right, it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's power on another level when you think about it, right? Because he's not saying that one over the other is not free. Right, he's right. saying that cat could be in a Maybach and be tied to material possessions, material be, super, be superficial, be, be enslaved, be enslaved to it, yeah. right? Cat could be on the side of the curve, spirit, free as a bird. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it's interconnected to what you're saying. And so I got a word, Oak, that I want, I want to bounce off you and get your thoughts. Competitive greatness. Mm. Competitive greatness, baby. Yeah. When when it gets to, first off, uh, my thought is, what is it that you have done the work for, done the research for, in terms of what do you want? What do you want? Right? We got to first establish, like, what is uh, meaningful to you? What is what is your desire? What are your desires? Yes, right? Because a lot of times you can see, especially cats in athletics, they're told what to uh, what their desires are. They're told that like when you say when you say they're told like um, they're like, told that you are aspiring to get that second contract. Gotcha. They're told that you're aspiring to win a championship. Gotcha. And you know how ostracized a cat will be if they was like, 
Nah, I mean, I'm I'm cool winning or not winning the championship. Mm-hmm. My thing is being the best cat I can be. Yeah. Being the best young lady I can be on this basketball court. This basketball court gives me the opportunity to manifest my character. Right. That's what I seek. Mm-hmm. I seek to manifest my character in the highest form. Yeah. In the most tense situation, situations, in the most adverse situations. My winning the championship to me is being able to manifest my character, manifest my principles, mm-hmm. manifest the things that I've I've learned over the years through my experience and through my walk with God. That is winning the championship for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, but to not somebody else, you know, the common theme is having more points at the end of the last game. Mm-hmm. You won the championship. Right. Right. Okay, cool. But did you decide that? Mm-hmm. Or were you told that? Right. Like for me, honestly, I believe the like for the person that I, that, that that athlete that I don't talk about. Mm-hmm. If everybody said the goal is not to win the game, he talking about Michael Jordan, by the way. Uh, the goal is not to win. The, if everyone has, if he grew up uh, being told the goal is not to win the game, the goal is to play your hardest. Just yeah. play your heart out. If he was told that, I still believe his personal construct would have been, I'm going to have more points than you at the end of the game. Yeah, because it's not you that define what fulfills me. It's me. Me. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's it's not uh somebody told me what greatness is. Yeah. A lot. Of, I think ninety nine percent of the people are driven by what they've been told, and what they've been shown, uh, or the bill of goods that they've been sold mm-hmm. as what competitive greatness is. Right. So when I think about competitive greatness is first, you got to define what it is for you. No doubt. Then how do you uh, ascertain that greatness in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulations, in the midst of struggles and obstacles? Absolutely. Right. So the notion of competitive greatness is first rooted in you being the definer of it. You've been writing the narrative, creating the narrative of of what is great. Right. Right. And then the whole notion of competitive the only competition is the reflection in the mirror. Yeah. That's the only competition. Yeah. And that's something I had to learn because I didn't have peace when I was trying to compete against other people, other things, other notions, other expectations. Mm-hmm. Like my peace started to, was born and started to grow when I just had to look at myself in the mirror. Yeah. And understand that really, I'm, I got to really be better today than I was yesterday. Absolutely. Like through reflection or whatever. Uh, and then not as good as I'm going to be tomorrow. Um, so competitive myself the, or the, that reflection in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Greatness, define what greatness is and then expire to it. Gotcha. Right. Define what greatness is and then run for it, work for it, fight for it. Um, because there's a, it, it's sort of like KD mm-hmm. with uh, Golden State. Two straight championships, two straight uh, MVPs, you know, in the finals. Yep. And there was still a sense of <clears throat> a lack of fulfillment. Yeah. Because that's what everyone else said. You, sh- KD is a a a freaking scientist. Uh, you know, whatever we want to call him, the cat is exceptional yeah. Yeah, at playing basketball, being able to score the basketball. Like to me, he's a he's the epitome of. Championships is what y'all say I should be aspiring for. Yeah. 
my level of mastery of being able to play this game of basketball seems like I've never right. met Kevin Durant in my life. I'm just going off of it's just my perception, right? For me, it seems like what drives him is being able to totally master this game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's balling, right? So he def- he's in the in the process of defining his com- competitive greatness. Like what about you? It says um, on the chart, competitive greatness, being your best when your best is needed, enjoyment of a difficult challenge, mm-hmm. right? And so I think when when I said a while ago, Oak, in a speech, and I said I never cheated, right? And I was like, I never cheated. My conscience wouldn't let me cheat. And cats missed it, right? And what I was saying to him was, when I looked in the mirror at the end of the day, I had to face myself, right? And so it wasn't the fact that sometimes I didn't want to come up short of a line. It wasn't the fact that sometimes I didn't want to do extra. It wasn't the fact that sometimes I didn't feel like getting up. No, I felt that just like everybody else. But my conscience, when I would look at myself in the mirror, the thing that I valued above what any coach said, what any person said, what any other, whatever, the thing I valued more than anything was me being to look myself in the mirror and say, hey, bro, you gave it. You gave it everything you got today. I could live with that. Right. But the thing that would be extremely difficult for me is for me to go out and compete in anything mm-hmm. and get beat or don't get the desired result or don't put forth my best effort. And I leave and I know I didn't give everything I had. That's a problem for me. And so when I think competitive greatness if you give everything you got to something, if you prepare, if you put your best foot forward and you don't get whatever result that you're trying to get or you don't get the effort, like whatever it is, if you put forth your best, you got peace. Yeah. But when you don't do that and we talking competitive greatness, man, it's all about at the end of the day, did you get better? Comparison is the thief of joy. The moment you start comparing your effort, your dedication and your commitment to somebody else's, we all got different start lines. Mm-hmm. We all start at different spaces and places in life. And so I can't compare my competitive greatness to another person's competitive greatness. You started somewhere else. I started somewhere else. But the person that I can compare to is myself every single day when I look in the mirror and I know the truth. Right. You know, I got to tell you, oh, boy, God know the truth. You can't cheat the grind and know how many hours, how many minutes, how much time you put into it. Same applies to yourself. You can't cheat yourself, man. Stop expecting results that you know you didn't work for. Uh, when you talk about the whole notion of, you know, you can you can go out and compete and win and lose, whatever, and you know that ultimately you gave your best. You look in the mirror and be like, I gave it. I didn't leave anything out there. There's a sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. There's the other end, the other side of that coin too. Yeah. Right? Uh, I was coaching at North Clayton, you know, the Eagles of North Clayton um, with the great Miles Hackney. Coach Rodney Hackney, I always call him Miles. Uh, he's at Riverdale now. Shout out, Coach, my mentor, one of my mentors, college roommate. Anyway, we had a, we were, I think maybe we were number three in the state, mm. you know, in uh, at North Clayton. We're going down to play a team, and they were up and coming, and we we were killing people. We had yeah. defense, smash. We were giving up like four four point some points a game, mm. and uh, we went down team and. Uh, in, in Henry County, I won't say the team name, but anyway, we went down and played them. Mm-hmm. And we won the game, ain't mm. So I used to drive my truck 
because I would ha- carry a lot of the equipment. Yeah. So I was driving, I didn't ride the bus. And thank God, man, by the blessing, I didn't get in an accident. The police didn't stop me. Yeah. Because after the game, we won. After the game, I was so furious. Hmm. I mean, just my insides were just burning. Yeah. I'm flying back up the road, got back to the school, threw off the equipment on into the room, just threw that shit off, got in the truck. I didn't even wait for coaching them to get back to just meet because I was just livid. Yeah. Because we stuck up the joint. Yeah. We won. Still won, yeah. But we stunk up the joint. Yeah. And that's one of those places and one of those times where if you really about competitive greatness, Mm -hmm. I don't care what the score is. Yeah. Yeah. I care not what the score is. Like uh, another time, we just, not not the last championship, but this championship before that at Long. Mm -hmm. Right? We played Walton um, for the B2C championship. Yeah. And we won. We scored like, we scored like 48 points, mm-hmm. but we gave up 20. Mm. It didn't even feel like we won the championship. Mm. Because every game, if we gave up a touchdown, we we looking at each other like, what's going on? Yeah. These cats going up and down the field on us. They didn't score. Yeah. So there was a sense of um emptiness. Yeah. Because man. we didn't play up to our standard. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I can if I play up to my standard, if I compete up to my standard, if you live up to your standard, yeah. the results are irrelevant. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's what is. So the question becomes like, do you develop that? Are you mm-hmm. born with that? Like you were saying, your conscience wouldn't let you. Yeah. Um, Your conscience wouldn't let you cheat. Yeah. How did you get there? I think it was cultivated. I also feel like the, the beauty of working for something, the beauty for long hours, sacrifice, blood, sweat, tears, the beauty of that, I believe, this is just my personal belief, it does something to you when you compete, mm-hmm. right? If you reflect back on your time, your efforts, and what you put into it, it says it. The harder you work, the harder it is to surrender, right? I firmly believe when you cultivate that over time, if you cut up the right cloth, it does something to you mentally and physically just as a competitor, right? To where every time you step out there, or every time you go into a classroom, every time you go to your job, it does something to you when you know you're true to whatever it is that you're saying. And so you cultivate it over time, I feel, if you're made of the right stuff. And I think you have people along the way that can see it in you when you can't, that can mm-hmm. help you understand it mm-hmm. if you're too young to understand it. Gotcha. Right? gotcha. What's your thought process on it? Uh, I, I, I think it's something that any and everybody can, can, can acquire. Mm-hmm. This notion of competitive greatness. I think it starts with uh, it starts with your perception. It starts with the understanding of you have the power. You because what you were saying, the way I received it, you decided mm-hmm. what greatness was. Right. You decided that the work that I put in is going to propel me to not quit. Mm-hmm. It's going to propel me to give my all, to to empty the tank. You know, all of the cliches, right? Let me catch it. Let me catch this. Uh-huh. Right? When I say, this this is a perfect example. When I say to a cat, my arm and my hand is paralyzed, my heart isn't. My work ethic isn't. My dedication, my commitment isn't. That's what I'm saying. Right? When it got paralyzed, it never stopped anything. Mm-hmm. I was in the same sand pit the next week that I was in the week prior and they had just saved my life. I was running the same sprints the next week. 
that I watched the week prior and they had just saved my life. Only difference was I had 350 staples in my body. Only difference was I had a slit down the left side of my neck, right side, twice through my right ribs, cut out my right pec, but I was in the same sand pit. Oh, yeah. if it was yeah. about an NFL, I would have left and went back to Atlanta. If it was about an NFL, I would have checked out of school. If that was all it was about, right? I wouldn't have graduated with two degrees and I had to learn how to write with my, my left hand all over again because my right hand got... If it was just about the end result, they said, Ink, you can't play football. It ain't about a game. What is it about? Me staying true to what I said I would do. I told my grandmother and my mother I was going to be the first one in our family to graduate college. Oh, I ain't say when my arm and my hand got paralyzed. I said I was going to be the first one to graduate, right? Did I want to make it to the NFL? You right, I did. But when the dream got shattered and deferred, I didn't stop and check out and go sit back on the porch and say, man, I gave it a good run. Competitive greatness, right? But it's not tested until something happens. And and so what I hear from that is at the beginning, the objective, the goal was always within your control, which is be the first one to graduate from college. Yes, sir. Right. That's something that you meaning you created what greatness was. You mm -hmm. you defined what greatness was. Right. The competitive aspect is just what you built off. Yeah. Meaning, you know, whatever obstacles come your way when it's time to produce, you produce. I'm thinking because uh, I want people to be able to hear this. I want you to be able to hear this and create for yourself and define for yourself what competitive greatness is. Absolutely. So you create the habit of greatness. Absolutely. Right. You create that habit of greatness. Then it gets passed along mm -hmm. as opposed to. A lot of times we are are chasing somebody else's definition. Yeah, man. Somebody else's definition of greatness. Somebody else's definition of beauty. Mm. Somebody else's definition of brilliance. Oh. Somebody defin every, everybody. Somebody else's definition of what's good, Talk. what's bad. No, bro. You, ma'am. You. Talking. You have the power. You have been granted the power. Every morning you wake up, y'all. You're granted the power to create what greatness is. Then the other part is you've been granted the opportunity to search for it, to strive for it, mm. to fight for it, to believe in it, to go get it. Yes, sir. That process is what we call fulfillment. That process is what we call peace. That process is what we call joy mm. beyond understanding. That process is an energy that we call love. Create what you define to be Great. Yeah. Then go after it with every fiber of your body. Mm. Whether you get it or not, who cares? Because okay. guess what happens? Once you get it, that's not going to be the it. The it is going to be the journey. Mm -hmm. And what you pick up along the way and what you put down along the way, what you learn about yourself along the way. Mm. Now we're talking about competitive greatness. Yes, sir. I'm j I just really believe, like, I'm not in the business of trying to fight for somebody else's definition of grace. Sure, that's dangerous, man. Yeah. That's dangerous. Because like you said, we live in a society to where it's driven by what people think and, and what people tell you you are. It's like we was talking about the Beasley uh, dialogue on the pivot. I hadn't seen it yet, but man, it was beautiful, talk man. Talk to me, though. Talk to me. You know, I'm shout pick out, it up. I'm picking up shout today. Shout out to Beasley. Shout out to Ryan Clark. Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor. Hey. But that's one of the things he said. He said he was listening to cats tell him 
who he was, uh. how he should do things, right? What things meant to him. And he said, so many people were saying it that I just stopped talking. And Chandler was like, nah, bro, but you can control the narrative. He was like, yeah, but nobody wanted to hear my point of the point of the story. Nobody wanted to hear my point of view. Nobody wanted to hear my perspective because we live in a society to where the moment you come out, the moment you do something, somebody going to tell you how you should do it, what you should think, what it means to you, right? Mm -hmm. Not like you ain't got your own perspective of it. Mm -hmm. And so when you start talking about people living up to other people's expectations, it's like I tell my son all the time, be like, dad, what you think? What you think? Was that good? I'd be like, what you think? Mm -hmm. Right? Because you're going to get to a point. Now, I'm going to tell you what I think shortly after that, but I want to hear what you think. Because you're going to get to a point and stage and phase in your life to where you're going to have to decipher and discern between different people's advice, insight, and perspective. That's why I posted yesterday on Instagram when I posted, if you continue to flirt with an individual's validation, you will become susceptible to their manipulation, mm -hmm. right? Because the moment an individual know you want their validation, you better yeah. pray to God it's the right type of person. Yep. Because if not, they'll just manipulate your validation, right? They'll just manipulate you. And so we always do things on the strength of who we are, our integrity, our character, how we define greatness, how we define our development as people and what it means to us. I think one of the most powerful things in the world, Oak, is why a person does what they does, right? Their mm -hmm. reasoning, their perspective. Like when you mm -hmm. start something, whatever it is, I think one of the most powerful things that slept on is, man, why do you really do what you do? Yep. Simplistic as, as it sounds. Like, why do you really do it? Like, what do you want from it? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you do it? Like when you get in the classroom, you say, man, like when I teach math and I'm going through and I walk in that class, man, can't nobody... Mess with me teaching them mathematics. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's nah. different, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's different. Like, when I speak, I look at it different. Like, how I go about it is different. And so, I think it's powerful, man. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, with, with, with the Beasley joint, the pivot, you know, shout out. We bought that business anyway. I love me some Ryan Clark, man. Love the way he uh, go about his business. I, I really try to pick up a lot of what he's putting down, just his style and whatnot. So shout out RC. Um, in terms of, uh, of, of like the men mental health situation. Um, and sometimes I, I think a lot of times it is it, it, sometimes it, it may be, I'm not a doctor and all that stuff, some chemical imbalance, right. but often it's, it's just the trauma. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. as as the late great Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. People get sick and tired of being sick and tired and not knowing that things are affecting them right. until after a while. It's like high blood pressure, that silent killer. But now we're seeing like trauma is a silent killer True. because in a minute you just, you know, people are just like bursting. Yeah, man. Their minds, their hearts, their feelings is 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 going over the edge. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Mm. You know, I'm trying not to lose yeah. my head, right? Absolutely. I mean, come on, man. Um, so that that life is real. I can't wait to uh listen to yeah. Michael's uh perspective, if you will. But it, it starts with y'all. I'm gonna talk about it until I can't talk about it no more. You know, create create your greatness, create your expectations, live by your own. In the IRE said, I am not my hair. I am not your expectations. Mm. You know what I'm not saying? Your expectations. I am not your expectations. Mm. Like for real. 
You are not anybody's expectations. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And sometimes you're not even your own expectations because you have gone through enough trauma to where your expectations are going to be detrimental to you. Mm. Sheesh. So thus, we got to start with healing. We got to start anytime we're talking about being being whole and being healthy, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, mm-hmm. healing. Yes, sir. We got to start with healing. And then once you start the healing process, you got to nurture it. Got to nurture it. Absolutely. We're just talking about principles, y'all. We're just talking about principles. Yeah. So that that's 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 where I am on it, man. That you. trauma is real. And so it starts you. with being able to hear a person, mm-hmm. being able to listen to them. Absolutely. Without having to come with a rebuttal or a solution. Absolutely. The solution is you hearing. Yeah. The solution is Michael speaking those words were were probably therapeutic for him. Absolutely. Man, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I got to just say, like this morning, at an uh, eighth grade situation, a uh, student, young lady, had a breakthrough. Mm. She finally, you know, I could tell, we could tell, you know, she was carrying some things, Right. And she finally had a breakthrough where she was like, you know, the the rejection from her pops in so many ways had a lot to do with um, just her her emotional state. Yeah. And for that, you know, for that to happen in a class and for me to be a part of a school and supporting the teacher and and that class and the school, that made me feel like, okay, this is why we're doing this. We're in the we're in the um, we're in the healing business. No doubt. It's just called education, mm. right? Cats get up every morning. Some cats get up every morning and go work out. Yeah. They they are working through whatever it is that's going on in their mind. They are trying to heal. They are healing. Mm-hmm. You wake up and go to a job. You go do something that you decide consciously to do. Right. You're in the process of healing. No doubt. You know, so uh, I'm I'm just excited and proud to be a part of uh, of this process. But understanding that it's healing, guys, it's healing because of the trauma. The trauma is real, and um, it's, it's slowly but surely killing us. Mm. It says it, Oak, um, and it's easier said than done, but it says um, everything happens for you and not to you. I love it. I everything love it. happens exactly at the right moment, neither too soon nor too late. You don't have to like it. It's just easier if you do. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't have to like it. It's just easier if you do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's how that's how life coming though. Right. You ain't gotta like it, but I'm gonna dish you whatever you need. Mm-hmm. It's just easier if you do. And so, man, um, let's get into this rapid fire, man. Got a word for you? Believe, yes, believe, believe, believe. Uh, what do I think about when I hear somebody say, "I believe"? Um, they're on the precipice of knowing, okay. right? It is a pre- precursor, if you will, of of knowing. And then knowing is a precursor for what is, mm-hmm. right? I believe at the beginning of our relationship umpteen years ago, right? I believe that we had the opportunity to create something special. Yeah. Right? Then as uh, time would have it, I knew we had something special. Mm. And at in this present moment yes, going forward, it just is. It just is. Whether I now, whether I believe it or not, mm-hmm. meaning believe is 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 it must happen. 
Yeah. It's like, I can't get these collard greens without a seed. Yeah. I can't get these sweet potatoes without that slip being in the ground. The seed is the belief. Gotcha. Right? The is is the harvest. Yes, sir. Right? So I can't have the harvest without the seed. Yep. I can't have what is without my belief. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. It's sure. like um, hope, faith, and love. Yeah. Hope is the belief. Yeah. The belief in something. Because the reason it is so important is that no matter, although the faith is in juxtaposition with belief, okay. uh, probably more powerful. Mm-hmm. Hope and in juxtaposition with love, love is probably more powerful. Yeah. Love in in comparison and juxtaposition with belief is more powerful, right? right? Yet, I can't get the mother two without belief, mm-hmm. right? I can't get to the most powerful without belief. Yeah, I can't get through the door to see the king without the belief that the king is on the other side. Absolutely. Super necessary. Or queen, my bad. And or queen is on the other side. Super necessary. Right. It is it is the seed of life. It's the Adam. It's the Genesis. Mm. The belief. Right? Yes, sir. Then from there, like even when our spirits went and said, God, 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 I want to experience uh relativity. Yeah. Right? They had to believe that there was a such thing as relativity. We had our spirits had to believe that there was a such thing as relativity. Relativity before God could say, oh, okay, boom, I'm going to show you relativity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, produce or create the world. Gotcha. So you can experience good, bad, right, wrong, hurt, pain, all of those things. But it started with a belief. Started with a belief. Started with a belief. Yes, sir. You said it, bro. Ain't nothing else to put on top of that, man. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your ear. I want to end this with this right here. Talk to me. It says, success is a peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do your best, to become the best that you are capable of becoming. Success is a peace of mind. That's it. With that, man, we out. Peace.